say you love this country, you say you really care, but America is dying. I don't see no love nowhere. You say you love this country and the freedoms that we share, but America is dying. I don't see no love nowhere. They say America is dying. They say America is dead. But there's a lot of people lying. And there's a lot left unsaid. Welcome to Around the Campfire with Kate. Sit back and enjoy the warmth of the fire as I continue with my interview with Malachias Gaskin of the Warfighter's Garden. It is raining here, thunderstorming. I'm not sure what it wants to do. Drizzle, spit, snizzle, rain, tornadoes, you know. The fun stuff this time of year. All the things. Yeah. The introduction music is by Dave Bray and Jeremy Harrell, entitled America is Dying, But It's Not Too Late. So go on over to YouTube and check out the patriotic uh, music by Dave Bray. And if I have rented lips tonight, I just had dinner. And um, so I'm like pretty full and I want to take a siesta. So... um, (laughs) Again, my special guest is the author of A Warrior's Garden and the founder of the Warfighter's Garden. He sacrifices oneself to do the right thing in a selfless act. Welcome to my campfire, Malachi. It's toasty. It is toasty, isn't it? Yes. Toasty farm. Toasty farm. So let's recap a little from last Thursday night's interview. Right. Tell us what inspired you to write the book, A Warrior's Garden. Um, it was actually, so like I was going through a medical retirement board process and my publisher, who was just my friend at the time, um, one or two, I mean, literally. So, um, (laughs) but he, uh, he had been watching all the different things that I had been kind of doing to trying to find that path. Right. And he just kind of one day, like we, we were going to do a documentary. We had a film crew out of Nashville that was going to fly down to Savannah, Georgia and do all these things. Um, the Nashville film Institute. They were going to do a documentary. We wrote some new music for it. And at the last minute, Big Army, in its infinite wisdom, said, no, you're not going to do it. Because you're in a medical retirement board. You can't go on press. You can't go on record. You can't be interviewed. You can't do any of these things. And I'm like, well, crap. They're buying tickets this week. So I stopped them from coming. And then the very next day, I got on the phone with my buddy Robbie. And I was just like, dude, this sucks. I don't know what to do. I'm really sorry. He was like, dude, you should write a book. And I'm like, what? He's like, you should write a book. Like, you really like just document all the things you're doing. And you know, and my first thought, because you know, I, I I didn't know then, you know, but my first thought was just like, and I, I said it out loud, I was like, dude, I'm a freaking high school dropout. I'm a GED, I'm, I'm a freaking E5, not a starting major. No one's gonna give a crap. And he goes, write the book. And so I, I, I'm one of those guys. Is like, if you if you tell me I can't do something, I'm gonna prove you wrong. Exactly. Uh, and he didn't tell me that I couldn't, but I told myself I couldn't. And so I'm like, well, hell no, I got to prove myself wrong, right? So um, I ended up writing a Warrior's Garden, but it was like I said, it was, it's a document. It's kind of it's like a it's a it's a journey, a documentation of my journey of finding a path, you know. And and what I hope and what what I get a lot of response from is that when people read it, one number one is when they read it, it feels like I'm in the room with them. The way that it's written, it's written in the like I'm speaking to you kind of voice, um, and then it's written in a way where it's very it's 109 pages, but I, I get told all the time that there's so much information in those 109 pages. It's like a 300 page book. And wow. so, 
and I, I mean, I was just, I just sat down and wrote. Like, I didn't know what I was doing. I, I wrote an outline, and then I turned the outline into chapter titles, and I just filled in underneath each one. Um, but I really just, I did it because I was tired of the drugs. I was tired of the medications. I was tired of going to therapy every week and getting no results and no, no growth or anything from it, and then going home with no plan. Because I would, like, I, there was no action plan. Like, I would leave therapy and go home, and that was it. And so... Um, I just got, I had to do something. And so I, really, I was inspired by. That was kind of like your therapy. Yeah. I re, well, it did. And I even say it in the book that the book, writing the book itself became a form of its own therapy and that we can find therapy in all things. We just have to apply it. Was that uh, because when you left your therapist, you still had pieces to pick up? Yeah. Because you know, <laughs> they only give you an hour and you have to talk about and drop all of your stuff out there in that hour. And then you leave, leaving all that stuff and. You haven't dealt with it. You have no idea how loaded that question is. So, Yes, I do. (laughs) Um, It's like my very last time I went to therapy, I went into my therapist's office and I kind of I was kind of having a bad day and I was fed up already. Um, This is two years of the same. Finally, had a therapist that didn't quit when I got real with them. Right. And so I'm I'm in there for like two years with this lady. She's a social worker. And I go, she's a civilian. And I, you know, it's like I came in, I was already I was already teed off. Right. And I sit down and I'm like, you know. I come in every week and I pour my heart out to you and I tell you everything I said. And then all you do is tippity type, tippity type, tippity type, see you next week. And you never say anything like what the F am I supposed to do? Help me. And she looked me straight in the face and goes, I don't know. Get a dog, start a garden. And I stood up, I flipped my chair um, and I just went off. And then I walk out and this full bird colonel like, like tries to hem me up in the hallway and he's like, come here, Sergeant. And I was like, my name is this. This is my commander. This is his phone number. This is my unit. I'm out. And I went home. <laughs> I didn't even stay. I just walked right out. Um, and I got home and I went, I went to my, to the house and I told my wife I was like, you know, I said, my therapist, I need to get a dog. And my wife said, no, you're not getting a dog, which I have two dogs now. So, um, lucky dogs, right? I know they're awesome. And then my wife looked at me and she goes, what else would your therapist say? And I was like, start a garden. And she goes, all right, let's go. And I go, what? She goes, where do we get stuff for a garden? Let's go. And I was like, uh, Chicken handle a garden, but not a dog. Yeah. Well, she had like dogs because they, like we had a dog prior and the dog chewed on everything. Aw. Uh, and, and she's a cat person. Like it is what it is. Like I've dealt with it, but you know, I don't hold it against her. <laughs> uh, so we, uh, we got, you know, we went to Lowe's that night and I bought lumber and I bought dirt. And we bought seeds and I came home 830 at night and she's got two flashlights holding them up and I'm building a garden in my backyard on post. Um, and it really became that just became an added because I was already doing music. We were doing family fishing trips. We were doing all these. I was getting into my faith like we were, you know, all this stuff. And I was just another it was just another tool to add to my tool bag, you know, and I just I sat down and I started, I, you know, I was a landscaper for 20 years. You know, and I was just kind of like gardening made sense. Like I understand the, um, I understand the need for like dirt to soil, you know, dirt to seed contact. I understand for like the different mineral levels that you need in your soil. I understand, you know, uh, moisture content and all that. And so it just made sense to me when I started growing produce in my backyard. And I was like, I want to try to grow some weird stuff, you know. And like I grew one year, I grew some winter wheat. And I planted five pounds of wheat head, and I harvested about twenty-five pounds um, of seed. Twenty-five pounds. It was amazing, and 
And I, I did it like I just went on YouTube and just like, you know, YouTube searched and found some people I like to, you know, and like, how do you do this without the big equipment? And like, you know, you get yourself a, you know, a pillowcase and a shoe and you just beat the crap out of the wheat head. And then you just pour it out and let the wind take all the chaff. Right. You just do that over and over and over again. And I did. And I was like, holy crap, I just grew a whole crap, a ton of wheat. Um, I grew sweet potatoes. We grew okra. We do um, lunchbox peppers like we just did it all. And it was just like. I'm going to do anything I can. And then, you know, living in Georgia, growing outdoors, like we could grow almost year round. Like I was growing stuff in the wintertime down there. Um, and it made it very simple because in the winter you can just grow your, like your brassicas, which is like, you know, your cabbages and your um, your broccolis and your cauliflowers and your Brussels sprouts because they like colder weather. So, but we, you know, really got into that. And then, and that's where, you know, Robbie was just like, you, know, you should write the book. And so I wrote the book and it really became like this, you know, follow my journey and make your own, like use mine as a template, like plug and play, you know, like pull out gardening and put something else, like take out music and put something else, you know, like whatever your faith system is, put it under that, you know? So it's like, just create your own, you know, your own journey based off of what I did, because what I did was working and it's, it's simple to just, you don't garden, but you like to work out fine. So the garden for you is the gym, you know, like, you know, if you see the triangle that's around me, like it's, faith music and gardening and it's spiritual creative and physical and so you have to have those three pieces um and i'm a big believer that everybody even atheists have a spiritual leaning or create or connection um whether it's service to others or you know there's there's a connection i look at spirituality as it's it's a connection to something bigger than yourself and so everybody has that type of connection for me that's my faith in god for you know, I've had people that I've, I've helped them develop their coping pyramid, which is based off that triangle that, you know, their spiritual connection is time in nature or, you know, doing things to clean up their environment or doing service projects for the elderly in their community. So they, they're doing things for things that are not them. You know, it's not selfish. It's giving in nature. Um, and so, you know, creatively, like, I mean, not everybody's a musician. Like I've been blessed to, you know. God gave me the gift of song. So it's like, it's one of my creative aspects. I'm like, I can't draw a stick figure, you know, like I'm a horrible artist. Um, oh, I'm awesome at stick figures. Don't ask me to do anything else. I can do a, a stick tree, a stick person. What? I'm um, jealous. I did a stick woman once and oh, uh, that was like. Did you terrible. violate like terms and agreements with that or something? I don't. Oh, I'm surprised. <laughs> yes, yes. From exactly. 2009, they're going to go ahead and ban you for a week. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, and then, you know, physical, that's a creative is like, you know, for some people it's painting, it's art, it's music, it's, you know, it's creative problem solving. It's there's, there's something that you use your mental aspects for. And then everybody has that physical thing, that one thing that if I came over and kicked the door in and you didn't shoot me for kicking the door in and I said, hey, let's go do this. It's the one thing that would always get you outside of your four walls. And for me, it's gardening. I will either work in the garden, I will teach in the garden, or I'll build a garden. Um, and I'll do it seven days a week. I don't care. And for, for some people, that's not gardening. It's the gym or it's hiking or, you know, it's baking or it's something. It's something that gets you outside of yourself. You know shooting what I mean? It bad makes guys. you Got it. Okay. shooting bad guys. I'm yeah. just saying, you know, like hunt your local pedophile, Marcus. Exactly. Um, shameless plug for my bro. Um 
but yeah, it's 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 really about finding those three pieces and then turning because those are things that are already habits, right? Like my faith is a habit that I do on a daily basis. My music is a habit that I do on a regular basis. Gardening is a habit that I do year round. And so these are all habits, right? And then what I did was I flipped my habits into purpose. I gave them a why instead of leaving them as a what. And I I, I gave them purpose and turned them into something positive that created. So anybody an could do this. Anybody could do. It. I could help you design yours right now. Like it'll take five minutes. Um, you know, and, and, you know, Hey, let's do it. <laughs> um, wow. okay. so we're going to do your coping pyramid and let me see if I can pull my Here thing. Okay. Here we are. So you, you, everybody has a spiritual connection to this, to this universe, to their, their community, to their life. Like for me, that's my faith in God. For you, that would be my faith in God. Okay. So God, so faith is your, I mean, I'm going to write it down so I can help draw it out as I do it. Um, it's going to be your faith. I don't want to use that. Put this over and use this, okay. So faith. Everybody has a creative thing that they do that's a mental aspect of their life. Like I said, that can either be art, that can be painting, that can be drawing, it can be problem solving, um, it could be musical. Like for me, music isn't just creating music. I also make playlists for every aspect of my life. I have a playlist for the you know, gym. This is gonna be hard for me because <laughs> there are too I'm, many. No. Um I Go after bad guys. That's what I do. Right. So what do you do to prepare for that, though? Like you have to sometimes there's got to be some type of creative process. Well, we train. OK, so designing training missions. Um, I guess you could call it that. Because um, you have to think of all the different scenarios that you can go through, right? Right. Absolutely. Okay? So yeah. we'll say uh, mission planning is your creative space. Mm-hmm. Is that is that fair? That's fair. OK. And then physically, like if I came over, we call it operational planning, but it's the same thing. Okay. Well, I'll, yeah, we'll that's okay. Mission planning, OP, OP planning. Um, and then everybody has that one physical thing that they truly enjoy that brings them peace when they're doing it. For me, She's it's the garden. Guy. Oh, sorry. <laughs> okay. <a> <laughs> well, you know, if he's uh, is it range time? Is, is it what? Range time. That's all part of operational training. Um, well, that, well, the planning process, you're not shooting, you're, you're planning the shooting ranges. So your physical part can accentuate your creative part. Like, so would it actually be like, you know, the range time? Like, is that something I, that you do on a regular basis for yourself? What is really important to me is my decompression time. What do you do for decompression? When we get back from a mission and after we've had our group counseling and our counseling and we've done our uh, debrief and all of the stressful things that go with all that. Um, I go to my ranch and I, I get away from people. Mm-hmm. Just one extra person in my life can make me people doubt. Right. Um, so I take my dog and my horse and I just hide in the woods. Do you, horse, do you, go, do you ride your horse? I do. Me, do you- my horse, my dog and God. No, well, not all in that order, but God, so, God's always first. But would we say uh, ranch time? Like, would that, that be your physical thing? Like going out to your ranch? That's my ranch time. That's okay. That's my, that's my decompression time. All right, all right. No, this is good. This is good. So within that, right? So that gives you three things that you can pull from, right? And so every day you can take a dedicated amount of time of fifteen to twenty minutes, and you can spend time in your spiritual, physical, or creative space, right? We got seven days a week, and I don't I don't want to re redo these every single day, but I want to I don't want to overdo it either, right? So we can take and combine these into subsets or into groups of two, right? 
And so I can add my faith into my OP planning, right? So I'm going to, when you're going to be operational planning, you're going to op, you're going to plan this mission in a way that's going to bring glory to God, right? It's going to bring focus to him and to his Absolutely. mission to, to save Absolutely. us, right? So that's how you would combine that. Make sense? Yes. Okay. So your faith can be accentuated into your ranch time because when you're out there with your horse and your dog and you're doing your thing, excuse me, at your ranch, this is a time for you to spend time in supplication to God for in prayer, right? Exactly. Now, your this next one will be a little tricky, and this is usually where there is a little bit of a hiccup for some people, is how do you combine OP planning, your operational planning, with branch time? I don't. So you keep those completely separate, right? I have to. Okay, have so to. what I tried you... I tried combining them. I tried at least It's overwhelming. It's it's too overwhelming. My decompression yeah. time, I have to try to forget about anything in the operational planning. So in anything you, in the operation or the mission that we just did, I have to set aside and get behind me or the shadow demons come. Right. Now, so do you listen to music at all? I do. I listen okay. to I listen to a lot of gospel. I used to sing with the Gaithers, so um What? You sang that, with the Gaithers? Wait, remember last week I told you I used to sing That's professionally? Crazy. That was 30 years ago, but... Okay. Because um, you're 40, yes. so you were 10. I'm not in my 40s, but I love you, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so I want to do something here. I want to I give you two creative spaces. Okay. Okay, because I want you to try this, because I think this will work for you, because it works for me really, really well, is that use. I want you to utilize music a little bit. I want you to utilize music in a way where you're creating playlists, Okay. I want you to have a playlist for the ranch. I want you to have a playlist for when you're prepping for mission. I want you to have a playlist for when you're spending time with God. Okay. That will accentuate and benefit those things specifically. So you're going to have a very specific playlist at the, at the ranch that's going to allow you to decompress. So you're going to be very intentful with the type of music that you would pick for that. Oh, okay. I'm very intense in my praise. So this okay. makes sense. All that makes sense with the music. Yes. The, the only thing that does not make sense is we do not listen to music when we do the LP. Well, that's fine, but that OP can be your – you can have a secondary planning phase, right, or your secondary creative space, which is when you need to spend time in your OP mission, that's that's just you planning for mission, right? But you're doing – again, you're doing that in a way because, like I said, you can combine that with your faith or you can combine music with your faith, but you okay, really okay, can't – I see. I you see. really can't combine okay. – the one thing, you, you have to have a subset because you can't combine – mission planning with ranch time because then it defeats the whole purpose of the ranch time and so Correct. we'll supplement at that one point for that one thing you're going to supplement music with ranch time okay. okay now with that so now you've got three or you have six right you have six things because you have faith you have mission planning and you have ranch time individually so that's one two three okay mm -hmm. you have music with your ranch time Right. So music, because we're having, we're going to supplement that one music with ranch. Right. That's, that's number six. Sorry. Number four is going to be your faith with OP. Right. Okay. And then number five is going to be your faith with the ranch. Number six is going to be, we're supplementing music for OP. So okay. music is music with your ranch time is going to be number six. Okay. Okay. Now you're going to supplement music one more time because we're going to create what's called your Eden. Okay. And your Eden is that perfect place, that spot where you will find intense release and joy, right? Um, oh. And you're gonna and you're gonna lose track of time with this, right? So what I will do happen not think is I'm there yet. We'll get there. Don't worry. We're gonna it's okay. it's, it's, we're gonna change intent to get there. And oh, so you're gonna okay. you're gonna combine all three together, 
and it's going to be your faith combined with music combined with your ranch, right? Okay. That's okay. all three of them at one time. When you're doing these, what it is, it, it creates a what I call a distraction-based self-therapy as opposed to avoidance. Okay. And so it allows you to focus physically, allows your body, sorry, to go on complete autopilot and do what it knows it's supposed to do with riding the horse, spending time with the dog, listening to music, spending time with God. And it lets your brain start to process and let go of all the crap because there's no physical stress holding it. You're allowed okay. It doesn't happen. What that does is that creates this. So you have you, faith. Um, I don't know what you did, but you're gone. You just have faith in garden. Uh, there you go. You're back. I was going to hold up the thingy. Okay. Um, <laughs> but wait, you have this. You have this pyramid or the triangle, okay. right? Okay. At the top, you have faith. You have okay. you have you have op in music over here for creative, and you have the ranch time, and that's three. And then you in between. You know, you have four, five, and six, and so four is going to be faith with music. Five is going to be faith with ranch time, and six is going to be music with ranch time. And number seven is in the middle, and it's all three of them. And so now you have seven. So for me, I have a deck of cards, and I don't think I – you can't see the deck of cards, can you? Yes, I can. Okay, all right. Let me fix my deck of cards really quick. So one, two, three, four, five – Six, seven. This is all impromptu. Like we didn't plan this, people. Like this no, is no, we completely did not. This awesome. is yeah. This is really good. So I take a deck of cards and I take okay. the ace through seven, and okay. so the ace is my number one. So that's, that's faith. faith. Music is number two, which is creative. Okay. Garden, or for you, the ranch would be number okay. three, and then you have number four, which is your faith with op or faith with music, right? Okay, that's five. But okay. Oh, dang it! You Fish got kit. five next up. You can't count. Okay, there you I, go. I went to public school. <laughs> um, so faith with music or faith with OP, right? Okay. And then you have uh, faith with ranch. Garden. Garden. Okay. For you, ranch, ranch, right? Got it. Okay. And then you have music with garden. For you, that would be music with the ranch, right? Okay. Okay. And then all three of them together, right? And so I take my deck of cards every Monday or Sunday. You pick the day you want to do it on, and I shuffle them. Right, because I have seven cards seven days a week, and now I'm going to take 15 minutes a day, 20 minutes a day, and I'm going to intently do one of these. Okay. There's going to be I'm putting purpose on it, and the purpose is relaxation and release. Okay, but then I shuffle my deck, and then I go boom. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Right. And so now you have one a day, seven days a week. And if anybody tells you and if you try to tell me that, well, I don't have time to supplement 15 minutes, I'm going to tell you right now you're crazy. And I'll tell you that because when I developed this program and this whole concept, I was in grad school. I was working a full time job. My mom was going through cancer treatment and she lived with me. My wife was homeschooling our daughter. I ran a nonprofit. I was mentoring youth in my community. And I so live you're on, an underachiever. Okay, got it. Yes, living on a 22-acre farm with chickens and livestock, you know, my dogs and my cats. And um, so I was doing all of that, right? And I could take 15 minutes. It's what you give priority to, right? So we're prioritizing Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all this crap when what are we doing for our mental health? 15 to 20 minutes a day, and you would not believe the amount of increase and in growth that you can make by just doing something with purpose. Like you do it on 
purpose. I can listen to Alpha and Omega for 15 minutes and never get tired of that song. There you go. See? So, but what you're doing is you're taking the what that you're already doing and you're you're taking the habit and you're giving the habit and making it into purpose. And Got so it. you okay. so instead of instead of just going and working in my garden just because I need to go get some vegetables, I'm doing my garden for therapy and for growth, right? And so now I'm actually benefiting from it. Does that make sense? That does. That, that makes a lot of sense. So, yeah. So, that's really. So, do you, do you describe this process in your book? No. It actually grew from. The, the, so, the book was this baby little this seed, right? Like, it was its own little thing. And from that has grown the coaching program that I've developed. It's the mentoring program that I'm developing and writing right now. The coping mechanism pyramid that I just showed you. All of that has grown from the book itself. Um, and, and a lot of that will be an upcoming book that I'm, I'm working on. Um, it's going to be like the sequel where it's going to be called beyond the gardening, finding healing and, and the aftermath of trauma. Um, but it really starts with all of it starts with shifting perspective from brokenness to growth, right? Because we're so focused on, and I, I get into arguments with people, especially in the veteran community about the whole, the terminology of PTSD, um, and they're like, oh, I'll take the D off or make it a lowercase D or put the D in parentheses or make it an S or make it an I for injury instead of disorder or whatever, because disorder has negative connotations. They like, know you give it the negative connotation. Here's the deal. It doesn't matter if I say PTSD, PTS, PTSI. If I don't if I do a small case, if I put it in parentheses, it doesn't matter which way I spell it. It all means the same thing. You've been through something traumatic. OK, yeah. That's yep. all it means. It's all it means. You've been through something traumatic. If you want to give yourself the label, of, and I, 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 I've, I've just shifted this way of thinking just recently, is I'm stopping telling people that I'm a disabled veteran, and I tell them that I'm a service-connected veteran because I'm not disabled. There you go. There you go. I'm not. I'm not broken. I've been through some stuff and some. I was hurt, right? right? right. Whether it's mental, physical, spiritual, emotional, like things happened to me that I wasn't prepared for. And I haven't fully recovered, but I'm not disabled. I'm service connected. Okay. Right. Because that injury is related to my service, not my civilian or veteran community life. Right. And so I'm trying to get veterans to, and I'm trying to get everybody to change this mindset of, again, the brokenness of, because our, we've, we've cultured or cultivated a identity in brokenness over the last few years. Whether it's veterans or civilians, it doesn't matter. It's like, oh, I've got bipolar disorder, or I've got, you know, I'm schizophrenic, or I've got agoraphobia, or I've got PTSD, or I've got adjustment disorder, or I've got all these things wrong with me. Well, what about all the things that are right with you? Like, why are we just focusing on the negative? And instead of focusing on the actual thing, why are we not focusing on the healing path? That's right? good. Like, I mean, yeah, that I've got PTSD. Really I've got PTSD. I've got traumatic brain injury. Some people you know, do not know arthritis. how to focus on anything other than the starts, negative because that's what they're taught starts with this gotcha okay right? because because now you're putting intent into healing because you're going i'm going to focus on something that gives me growth every day a week for 15 to 20 minutes every day right and if you do it i mean you can pick whatever you want right you can go buy eric thomas's books you can go you know, by the how the body hijacks the mind by uh Denise shepherd like there's just a ton of books out there on it and, you, and I can I can sit there and I can teach and I can do these workshops and I can do these you know seminars with people 
seven days a week, eight hours a day for the rest of their lives. But until they actually decide to pick something up from it and do something active with it, none of it's going to matter. Right. I can teach you all day long. If you don't apply the knowledge you're given, you're wasting your time. That you makes a lot of sense. So you have to actually apply the stuff. So and and, and I, I'm horrible about I, I've got I've done it for so long that I'm horrible about continuing to do it. So I'm so because I'm so busy trying to help other people develop theirs that I forget to engage mine. Not that I don't have time for it. I forget to do it. So um, and I can tell when it, when it's because I get more stressed out when I'm not doing it. Um, and especially like in the winter time, because my I have to shift my winter time because in Tennessee, we can't grow in the winter like we did in Georgia. So I don't have the year round thing anymore. And so I have to shift my and that's the beauty of the pyramid. Right. So the wider the base of the pyramid, the more sturdy it is, the stronger okay, the right. structure. Right. And so you can add. So like I've added gym time to my physical. I've added. OK, okay. so you can add things to you. Wide in your base. Right. But your okay. spirituality, the, your faith, your spiritual part on top. Will always be that pinnacle. Will always be your faith. It never. It will never change. You'll always keep it that way. And then your the base of your pyramid can grow, and you can add to it. So I can add the gym. I can add treadmill time. I can add, you know, um, I can build do service projects at people's houses for them. Whatever it is, that's something that gets me outside of my four walls and makes me be active, right? And then creativity, like I may take a music class on how to write, how to play guitar, or I may, you know, uh, take lessons on other things that are created. Like I may take an art class, you know what I mean? Or I may have my wife work on me, work with me on doing it something where I may just allow, because my wife's really into arts and crafts. And so like she'll, uh, every so often she'll get a burr and go, let's, we're going to do, we're going to paint coffee mugs and we'll just get a bunch of coffee mugs and a bunch of paint. We'll sit around the table and do it or, you know, things like that. And so. One of my inspirations speaking of music um in my life was rich mullins i don't know if you know who yes. rich mullins was um yep. he was a very good personal friend and he inspired me because his writings in his music were straight from his head straight from his heart and he was not in it for the uh, for the money. Mm-hmm. Um, and what inspired me was his walk. It was not perfect. He was an alcoholic. He had issues just like everybody else. He he had issues, but the inspiration there in, he was one of the best musical composers, yet he was always striving to be better as a composer and a lyrics writer. So I want to say his nephew is Maddie Mullins, who's the singer for a Christian metal band. And his is that David's daughter? Okay. No, it's, it's a boy. He's a guy. Uh, Maddie, like M A T T I E. Oh, like got Matthew. it, got it. Okay. Yeah, and then okay. his other, and then Maddie's brother Nate, uh, Nathan, or no? Oh my gosh, Nate. Nate Mullins, Nate and I are really close friends. Awesome. Um, I think it's I think it's their nephew, his nephew, Rick, Rich's nephew, nephews. Um, and and Nate toured in a Christian band that like he had a ministry at the Native Res- American Reservations. Mm-hmm. Um, amazing musician, phenomenal musician. He's actually married to an army officer now. Um, 
Let's hold that thought. Yeah. We'll, we'll get back to the Mullinses here in a second. <laughs> um, Angel, if you're ready, um, we're going to take a quick break. Um, the video, the music video that you're about to watch and listen to is Malachi Gaskin singing A Warfighter's Garden. And this is his video, his record. Everybody enjoy. Mullins was my inspiration. Like musically or spiritually or like which way was he or like what are we talking about specifically with inspiration? Because you can be inspired in closest different aspects. Towards, closest towards um, the end before his accident. Um, mm-hmm. Rich and Beaker and Mitch McVicker, they were they were doing things. Mm-hmm. 
and they were not doing things for public knowledge. They worked with the Navajo children. I gotcha. Okay. And, and they inspired the little people, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, like during the Dove Awards, for those of you who do not know the Dove Awards, the Dove Awards is the Christian um, Country Music Awards or the Christian Grammys. Um, or whatever. Grammys. Yeah. Um, uh, Rich and his band fired the service staff that was serving everybody at the Dove Awards, sent them home, paid their wages, and Rich and his band served the people at the Dove was, Awards. Was this in like the late 80s? This was in the late 80s. Yeah, yeah I remember I remember that story. Like that's if he used to do like he would he would pay for an entire restaurant's meal. Like he would go in and eat somewhere and he wouldn't let them like not cuz they had some places where he was just like very well known. And, like, they would want to clear out sections of the restaurant. And he's like, no, 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 it's fine. Like, don't worry about it. And then he would go in, and then his people, he would send his people up to go pay for everybody in the restaurant. Like, I've heard these stories about him. Like, he's just – and he wouldn't take the credit. Like, he didn't want people to know he did it. He was – he he was amazing. Yeah. And um, he inspired me musically. He inspired me lyrically. He inspired me in his walk. And um, the same with Gloria Gaither. If I have to have a female in my life who I would want to aspire to be like, it would be Gloria Gaither. Um, an amazing lyrical woman, musical. Um, she is she her she walks the talk. Um, who and what inspires you? Oh man, that is hard. I mean, seriously, that's really, really hard. Um, no, like seriously, because like, I, um, I've been let down. I've, I've, I've been blessed to meet so many of my musical idols and just people that I really looked up to. And then it doesn't have to be music. And then, well, just like that's, I don't know. I've been like, say, I just. If you could have anyone in the world mentor you, who would your mentor be? Man, this is deep and hard. (laughs) Marcus. Yeah, right. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, Marcus, if you're listening, no disrespect intended. No, no, you know, honestly, I think I would have to say that it's one of my best friends. Um, His name is Josh Hudson. We were in the Army together. Um, He's an Army career counselor now. He works with uh, – I want to say he works with the Special Forces units out of Fort Bragg um, as a career counselor. Um, But he has been – like, he has been through childhood trauma. He has been through – young adult trauma. He's been through military trauma. And he always has this positive, happy, he finds the golden line to everything. Like he's, he always takes everything negative as a lesson. Like he doesn't allow himself to get beat down. And when something doesn't go his way, he just finds a different way to do it. Like he is very, always motivated. Like when I'm when I'm up and down all over the place on my weight loss journey, you know, my fitness journey. And since July or since December of last year, I've been very, very dedicated to it. I've lost 54 pounds. 
um, since last December. And and I'll I'll call or I'll message him and be like, hey man, like I'm I'm starting to stagnate on this muscle group. And he'll like, oh bro, and he'll just send me like five videos within like less than a minute and go watch these. They'll change your life. Um, or he'll send me music, like he'll randomly send me a music video that he found on YouTube of a band that we both like of a song that I didn't even know existed. Um, he's always finding the beauty and the, in the rare and the small things that people don't notice every day. Um, and he's raising these two young men that are just phenomenal kids. They're just gorgeous little boys that, you know, he's, he's raising them with this compassion and this love and this, this sense of duty, um, and integrity. And he's just, he's an amazing father. He's an amazing man. He's an amazing friend. And I would say he, he and I'm kind of building him up a lot here, but he's, I think, because, because I, like I said, I've been let down by so many of my heroes. Um, I've met a lot of them. Um, I got to know some of them and, and personally know them and, and hang out with them and, and just get crushed because they're not who they present themselves to be. And, and, you know, some of them are in the Christian industry. Some of them are not. Well, um, the hardest part especially in my industry, the hardest part is people look at me as a warrior because right. of what I do. And what they do not realize is I am human. Mm-hmm. So kick that pedestal out from underneath me and let me get beneath you so I can serve you. Right. And because I will fail you, I will let you down. And people do not understand that a warrior is a child. And if we did not have our faith, oh, my gosh. If I did not have my faith, then I would not have my father to be able to curl up in his lap, drop my sword, and cry. Because that's all I have. Right. And what people do not see or understand that, nor do I. I do not allow them to see the tender side of Kate. Right. Um. I do not let give people the satisfaction of letting them know that they hurt me. So I will not cry in front of them. How do you handle that? Um, so I was never allowed to cry growing up. So it was always like, you know, if you're going to cry, go to your room. I'm not going to listen to it. So now, you know, as a warfighter and as someone who's been through the trauma that we've been through, you know, like we don't cry, we get angry. Exactly. I express my tears. My tears are my anger. You know what I mean? Like I don't have, I don't have that. Do you find that that hardens your heart more when you, when it turns to anger? No, because I'm, I'm, well, it, maybe it used to, I'm, I'm getting to a point in my growth where I'm starting to catch myself and I'm starting to get, I, I start getting, instead of being angry at the situation, I start getting angry at myself for allowing myself to get angry. Ah, exactly. And so, exactly. And so I try to like, you know, I try to do this thing where I try, I'll try when I can catch it, I'll walk away and go calm down first. You know what I mean? Um, that is so frustrating sometimes. It is. It really is. And, it, and it's, it's because it, it is not the other person's fault or it's not the situation's no. fault. It is you who has allowed that to control that emotion. Exactly. And you, you recognize that and it frustrates you because that's where it, I, I'm coming from. I'm, I'm speaking from experience here. Right. It's it's frustrating because, especially in a new situation or a new relationship or a new emotion that you do not understand. It is frustrating because you're allowing that emotion to control you because you do not know how to take control of it yourself. 
Well, and then, yeah, and, and so I was when I was doing my undergraduate studies in psychology, I was taking a world geography or world literature class. Oh, you're psychoanalyzing me. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> and we were doing a we were reading uh, Homer's Odyssey, and we were we got to a point where Homer was starting to realize that his men were going through all this stuff because he was kind of oblivious. He was kind of a jerk. And then towards the end, as he was starting to learn himself and he was starting to learn empathy. Um, and it's not a strong part of the story, but it's a sub it's a subtext that's in there and you can find, you see that like, Oh, he's starting to become empathetic. And so our professor wanted to kind of draw that question out. It's like, you know, what, what is, what is Homer learning here? What is he figuring out? And I, you know, I raised my hand cause I'm not afraid to, to make a fool of myself. And I was like, you know, I, I think he's he's starting to develop and learn empathy for his soldiers and for his crew. And he goes, exactly. And he was like, and how 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 would you relate to that? And I go, I don't. And he goes, why? And he knew what he was doing. Like him and I had a lot of conversations. You know, I'm in, I'm in my early 40s. I'm a combat veteran. Um, and he was like, you know, he was like, you know, so how are you doing? You know, how do you do that? And I say, I don't. He's like, well, how, why don't you? I'm like, it's been burned out of me. You know, I've been to, you know, what you go, been to combat and then you come home and then people are crying about they can't get their latte. Like, I have no empathy. Like, it's been burned out of me. I don't, I don't cry. I don't get any of that. And this girl, 18 year old kid turns around right out of high school. She's a freshman in college. And she turns around and she goes, you're a horrible person. And before I could say anything, my professor goes, hey, you can have the rest of the day. Go ahead. And I was like, grabbed my stuff and walked out. And when I got out in the hall and closed the door, all I heard was, who the hell do you th- – this is a Christian school. Who the hell do you think you're talking to? That's a decorated combat veteran and blah, 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 blah. And he just tore up the indoor. And when I came back, you know, because this was like – you know how college is like you have Monday, Wednesday, Friday classes or you have Tuesday, right. Thursday. So this was a Monday, Wednesday, Friday class. And I came back on the following week, you know, the following day, which was a Wednesday. I think it was either Wednesday or Friday. And I came back. And she I sat down. We had we didn't have assigned seatings, but we pretty much always sat in the same places in this class. And she turned around. And she was, I'm very sorry for what I said to you. I didn't realize all the things that you've been through. And I was like, don't worry about it. And she goes, no, I'm like, shut up. Turn around. It's over. I'm like, if you keep talking, I'm going to get upset. Leave it alone. You're forgiven. Just drop it. Yeah. Right. And she and she did. She turned around and then we just acted like it never happened. And we just went on without our life. And I didn't hold a grudge against her because, again, she's a kid. She didn't know what she was saying. Um, Do but, you find yourself walking away from your wife when you start to have we're, we're totally getting I'm, off see, subject? Well, here, no, but, no, this is good because I, see, I, I have a hard that's time what I do. away whenever with, I'm I'm in an argument with um, with my significant. Right. It's when when we have an argument, I I. I just have to walk away. We do not yell harder, at each other. We just, I just walk away. Well, I have a harder time walking away from her because I, this is my safe spot. This is where I can let those things out. Right. And I end up letting it out too much. Um, and so, and I, and I, I'm very adamant and she's very adamant. About she doesn't want me holding it in. You know, my dad died of congestive heart failure, you know, when he was in his early sixties, I'm 40, Six, 46 going on 47. Oh my gosh, you're so and, young. But I've already been hospitalized for a heart condition once. Right. Um, d- just this last year, I, w- I spent four days, five days in the hospital because I thought I was having a heart attack and it was, my blood pressure was unchecked and they couldn't get it to lower. And it took them the whole, almost the entire week. And I did an angiogram, we did a stress test, we did all these things. Um, and I, I can't hold it in anymore. Um, and I, you know, it's, 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 so it's like, 
find, I have to catch myself. And this is the hard part because you have to know yourself, first of all, and you have to listen to who you are when you're by yourself. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's really about self-growth and discovery. And if you're not willing to have the discovery part, the growth part won't happen. Okay. And so it's getting better. I'm not, I'm not perfect at it. You know, I mean, I'm, <gasps> I'm, I'm kind of an a-hole. Let's be honest. Um, at home, I'm kind of an a-hole because again, I'm, I'm around people all day. I have to people all the time. And I have to people doubt. And I have to take their stuff on, you know, as you know, my day job is I'm a veteran service officer. So I have to deal with other veterans that are, they're not, they're not where I am in my growth walk. You know what I mean? And I want them to be. um, And so I come home and I have to let all that out. So I try to find a way to get rid of it before I even get to the house while I'm on my car ride. You know, Um, I had a thing like when I was on active duty, when I was going through my med board, I would come home from work. I would walk in the house. I'd give my wife a kiss on the back of the head and I'd walk straight to the, to the backyard, to the garden, you know, and that was kind of like, that was, I would release everything into my garden. Um, And now garden grow. Yeah, it was awesome. I had a wonderful garden. It was, but I released all my stress, you know, and it took my, it took it and it grew. Like it was like a fertilizer for my garden. Um, But then now it's, you know, I'm at work. I come home. I mentor. I have kids that come over and do community service hours for the courts. I'm writing a book. I'm it's, it's, it's almost as if, you know, like you're, I'm always on, I don't have a way to turn it off. And then, you know, we get done and it's like, now we're going to watch TV shows from six o'clock until I go to bed. That's your decompression. Yeah. yeah. Um, and now I've got, you know, my gardens are up. And so like, I'm, you know, and it's early in the garden season. So it's like, I'll go out and I'll spend a couple hours, a couple times a week pulling weeds and just checking on things. Um, and we've had enough moisture and rain here that I haven't had to water yet. So, but yeah, it's, I, I'm learning to catch it before it gets too far. Um, and it takes time and it takes practice and you have to actually invest yourself into the journey. That's the other thing, you know, like a lot of people they get into the military or they get into the, you know, jobs as a cop or whatever, and they don't allow the initial training that you go through. that's supposed to shape you as an individual, right? They don't actually invest themselves in it and they don't right. buy it. They don't buy off on it. Is that the holistic trauma recovery roadmap? It's part of it. Okay. Tell yeah. us about that. So I, um, in fact, I had to pull up the definition. I created my own definition because there isn't one um, of what holistic trauma recovery actually is. Uh, let me get to it here. I don't have it memorized yet, even though I wrote it. All right. So holistic, the definition in, in Webster's Dictionary of holistic is relating to or concerned with wholeness or with complete systems rather than with the analysis or the treatment of or the dissection into parts. So the holistic is basically the entire person concept, right? And then the definition in the dictionary of trauma is a disordered psychic or behavioral state resulting from severe mental or emotional stress or physical injury. And the definition of recovery is the process of combating a disorder such as alcoholism or a real or perceived problem. And so you take those three definitions and you create a phrase, which is holistic trauma recovery. And the definition that I've created for this is utilizing a whole person concept pertaining to mind, body, and spirit in regards to the treatment of a mental, emotional, or physical, real or perceived injury to inspire growth from within. The entire process bases treatment and growth at starting at the lowest level of invasiveness with treatment. And so instead of just jumping into, hey, you've got anxiety, I'm going to give you some serotonin. 
or you've got depression. I'm going to give you, you know, this medication or I'm going to do, we start with or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're going to start with the lowest level of, you know, Hey, let's give you some CBD oil and let's just do some, let's do some time in the garden. Hey, garden's not working. What do you want to do? And so what I do with my veterans and first responders is I bring them out. I spend time in the garden. And if they don't like the garden, if it just after a few times, it's like, dude, it's cool. It's just not for me. Like, well, what do you want to do? What is something that you want to do for yourself? What is your self-care dream? You know what I mean? I want to do equine therapy. All right, cool. Let's go find you an equine therapist and we'll find them one. You know, I, I, and, I and I don't believe in just here's a business card. Give them a call. I believe right. in, I believe in the hey, hold on. Hey, Kate, I've got a veteran that could really benefit from some horse riding. Do you mind talking to him for a minute? And I hand the phone off and then I step back and have a cup of coffee while you two talk. Awesome. You know what I mean? It's I believe in the warm handoff. But it, I, I believe in ex- exercising all of the options, and I say options because they're not mainstream treatment, all right. the options of, of alternative treatment before you go that other route. Now, can anybody benefit from going to a therapist? Yes. But what are you what are you doing for yourself other than that? Emptying your wallet. Well, I mean, what, but what are you doing for yourself? Like, right? I mean, you can go to therapy and that's great, but... What what is your plan outside of therapy? Go See, do I don't know something. if I could do the therapy thing. My trust level, right, and and that includes therapists. So don't try to psychoanalyze me. No, no, no. I'll psycho good. on you. <laughs> I'll go psycho on you. Um, Whoa, my tr- <laughs> my trust level is not there. Well, and a lot of veterans have that issue too, and a lot of first responders have it, where it's like you go in, like I I went through. And, and this will actually make it even worse is, you know, I went through like six therapists in like four months. Because you have to find the one that you feel well, comfortable with and can I, I was invested in my growth, right? And so I didn't care who the therapist was. And so when you go into a therapeutic relationship and you just jump in with both feet about I'm going to start healing and you start just opening up about your trauma right off the bat, people can't handle that, even therapists. And they will pass you off because they can't deal with it. It's too much too soon, Right. Um, and so I spent, I, I just, and I wasn't going to change for them. I was, I wanted to start. And so when I finally found the one that stuck around, but all she did was see you next week, you know, and finally I called her out after about two years, I called her out on it and I'm like, you know, what do you, what do I do? And she said, I don't know, start a good dog, start a garden, you know? And it was just kind of like, well, okay, but that, that'll take you for a hit, you know? And then when you're working in careers like yours, where you know, your life is in each other's hands on a regular basis. If you don't have that trust, that you, you'll you never have that level of trust with someone outside of that circle. Exactly. Okay. And so I believe that maybe you should find a pastoral counselor or someone for your group. Maybe that doesn't, they don't go on the missions, but they're part of the debrief. Um, and maybe that's who you go to at that point. Yeah, we. We we have a, a, a psychiatrist that, okay. that that is in our debriefs, and um, we are required after every assignment to um, sit down for at least an hour okay. of intense talking and at least an hour of group therapy to talk about the mission. Right. That's that's mandatory within the company. I um, like that. We. We have to, or there is no decompression. Right. Um, and 
yet there is no faith discussed because there are so much there's so much um our backgrounds are so different um mm-hmm. our teams were from we're we're from other countries so our faiths are different some are catholic yeah. some are musad you know um uh, some are christian so then we have to wrap this up and i don't want to <laughs> Huh. Okay. I feel a part three coming on. I feel a part three coming on. Uh, what I, are you doing next Thursday? <laughs> yeah. I mean, but um, it, it, the thing too is like, how do you, and I, I get this question a lot, like how do you reconcile as a believer, right? What you had to do in your job. So as a soldier, when I went to combat, like how do you reconcile what you had to do as a soldier with being a, a Christian, you know, or a believer in Jesus? And I was just kind of like, I, I really dove into the book of Kings and I, I dove into the whole exactly. story of David and things and like Hezekiah, that. And I'm like, David, Hezekiah, yeah, but, Hezekiah laid those letters out yes. from the Assyrian king saying, we're going to destroy you. And he says, God, should I pursue? He asked for permission to pursue. That is what we do is we ask for permission to pursue. Okay. Um, all right. We could talk all night. Um, yeah. But that government, we're out of time. Um, we have about a minute or so. Tell us where we can find you and where we can purchase your book, A Warrior's Garden. You can find me on Facebook at A Warrior's Garden or Warfighter Gardens. You can find me on Facebook as the Tennessee Spartan Pledge, um, which is a veteran-created and veteran-led suicidal ideation modality for reducing suicide. Um, You can find me on Facebook under Malachias Gaskin. you can go to my website at awarriorsgarden.com, um, and you can message me through the website. There's a phone number on the website you can text me through, um, and that's about it. Yeah, but I mean, you can get the books. You can get we got T-shirts, we got hats. Um, all the stuff on the website right now goes to our nonprofit. Nobody makes money on it. Um, and then the the video that you played on the break, the music is actually live on iTunes, Spotify. You know, Amazon Music, all the places. Um, we're we're toying with the idea of releasing a four song mini CD um, on all those platforms as well, with like songs throughout my career as a musician. So it would kind of oh be awesome. you'd actually well, you'd be able, you'd actually be able to hear the growth in my voice and style um, because those songs, some of those songs, are way back into the early two thousands, all the way to now. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, we are going to do a part three if it's okay with Malachias. Yeah, um, I'm in. So. Uh, because there's still so much to talk about and so many other people to help, not just veterans. Um, remember, everyone, this ends the pro- broadcast for me tonight. I want to thank Malachias thank you for, for joining me. me around the campfire. He's warmed the campfire. So uh, train hard and train smart to survive, thrive, and stay alive. This is Kate signing off until next time. <laughs>